Welcome to the Cybersecurity Matters podcast, a series of interviews with key leaders throughout the industry, all brought to you by the cybersecurity team at NUCO, a specialist global recruitment and executive search firm. Welcome to the Cybersecurity Matters podcast. Your hosts today are me, Alexandra O'Shaughnessy Treadwell, and Harry Baldwin, two members of the growing cybersecurity team here at NUCO. And we're delighted to be joined today by Carla Reffold. Welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. The General Manager of Orpheus Cyber, Board Advisor, and American Cyber Award Judge, who has founded and sold two award-winning businesses in the cybersecurity industry, hosted her own podcast and one of the top three finalists in the Entrepreneur of the Year category at the Cybersecurity Women of the Year Awards in 2022, among many other awards, and now mentors other ambitious women. What an exciting time and welcome to the show, Carla. Hey, thank you. Fantastic. Lovely to have you on. Um, so to get us started, we always love to ask people the same question. How did you first get into cyber, the cyber industry? So it was uh, when I had the recruitment business and we were recruiting for governance, risk, compliance, a whole range of things, really, really mm-hmm. risk focused. And someone said, you know what, you should probably take a look at this cybersecurity thing. I think it's going to be big. And we did. And then we doubled down. And that was all we did after after two or three months. We sort of ditched everything else and just focused on cyber. So that was a little while back. But yeah, um, a very lovely person who is uh, who's not with us anymore, but who, uh, yeah, just said, you should take a look at this. So, you know, it's amazing how those little comments can change your life, right? Oh, wonderful. Yeah. And so so you say it's been a little while since you've been in it. How far do you think cybersecurity has come since you started out in the sector? It's come really far, right? Like the, back then, teams would be one or two people. Mm. Um, you know, they were typically the IT person that had an interest in it. And now you have, I know we say we don't have career paths, but you do have career paths to an extent. You know, I think people generally understand the differences and teams are huge. Companies invest in it. You know, people didn't really know what it was or care about it. Now it's considered one of the top three risks to businesses and we see so much more regulation. The change in, I mean, it's been about 10 years, like the change is huge. Mm, yeah, no. And and like you say, Although it's it's been 10 years, I think a lot of that big push has actually been in the last couple of years, right? Definitely from what we've seen. Yeah, I mean, probably the last few years, I think we've seen a lot of public attacks. Mm. It's really informing the public consciousness that, you know, I'm sure we all talk about things with our friends and family. Like it, it feels like it impacts everybody and it's not this niche little thing that is uh, is shoved to one side. Um, and it's yeah, it's definitely been been a journey, I think. And things change so quickly. I've been reflecting, you know, I've been at Orpheus for two years now. And actually what people were talking about, what the market cared about two years ago and what they care about now is actually very different. Yeah, for sure. Really interesting. Thanks for that. And in in that kind of cybersecurity space, you've built two businesses and then subsequently gone on to sold them. What was the motivation behind that? Talk talk a little bit about that. Um, For one of them, the Mm. goal was build it, scale it, sell it. That was part of the original business plan. It was something I wanted to do. The other one was an events business that started because I saw a need. It felt like there wasn't anything and it felt like it was a natural step in how the industry matured. There was no real goal with that. The goal was have a have a great event, have a great, you know, (laughs) 
actually things changed where you know that was no longer um it was no longer exciting to me I think is the fair way to put it and there were a couple of people that were interested and wanted to take it on so uh, that was more of a, a natural progression but yeah the first one the goal was always build and sell mm, fantastic and as I mentioned in your introduction another string to your bow is that you've you have your own podcast um here at Nuco. we run our podcast I'd be interested to know your own favorite podcast guest on your podcast and, and why oh <laughs> that's a very tough one uh, I've had some amazing people come come mm. on you know huge names in our industry right you know Ron Goulas brings out founder of Tenable uh significant investor in the um DC area where I live now so he's he's one that springs out um Bryson Bort from Scythe he's very fun enjoyed having him and then William Kilmar he's great we've done two episodes together uh, one with a slightly different flair so love him and then Billy at Surefire, there's too many of them. I've definitely <laughs> offended some people there, but uh, yeah, I guess those ones sort of spring to mind. They're people that I, a few of them are people that I met through the podcast, you know, Bryce and mm-hmm. Bing, that I now now speak to often and spend time with. So um, I think that's what's great about it, right? Like the way podcasts aren't just about creating content for people to listen to, they're about creating connections as well. So um, yeah, they're, they're yeah, I've definitely offended some people. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. That's that's a great list there. And like you say, definitely about that human connection as well. Um, it's great to be able to have these kind of conversations. Um, so let's take a little look about um, what the future might hold. So there have been some big shifts in the cybersecurity sector. Some companies are recording record profit. Um, which is definitely in the news at the moment, even in this economic climate at the moment, um, whereas some other companies um, and big vendors are making layoffs. Why do you think there's such the dichotomy? There's a there's a big change based on where you're at in your in your raising cycle. Mm. And so some of that, I don't even know in some cases if that is actually a reflection on your business or how you've been running your business, but maybe just a reflection on where you are and what your investors told you you needed to do. You know, a lot of these layoffs happened, what, four to six months ago. Sequoia and some of the other ones put out advice saying, you need to increase your run rate. You need to get to two years, not six months, and you need to make changes. So a lot of that was top down. It was... It was trying to prevent what may be coming down the line. Um, I don't think it's, on the most part, I don't think it's a reflection of where those companies are at, what their offering is, or where the market's at. I think it's just a money decision. Yeah, no, for sure. Thank you. And so, like us, um, you have a lot of expertise in the recruitment field of cyber. Um, And so looking forward in this current climate that we've just discussed, how do you think that cyber recruiters can do better both for their candidates and also for their clients? Because it's a pretty tough market at the moment. Yeah, and that's always an interesting one, right? Because how much influence do you really have over Mm. companies? process I've been talking about this to a HR group this morning that things are not always just a recruitment problem sometimes they're a company problem you know if if you are doing as a recruitment company I think if you are doing the basics are you treating your candidates nicely and going back to them and offering them advice and Mm. trying to be a good good citizen in the in the industry (laughs) then I think 
that is pretty good and that gets you pretty far. Um, and then if you could do all the other extra things, something like this, something around education, what can you mm. put out that actually advises the market? Salary reports are always, always wanted and always useful. Then, you know, then that's only going to be a good thing. But yeah, it's hard. You don't, you don't sit there when they on board. You know, you don't sit there and change the culture. There is only so much you could do. And I think recruiters get a really hard time for how much blame they get for, uh, you know, bad hires and bad processes, which are totally out of their control. Mm, yeah, no, for sure. Thank you so much. That's some really great insight there. Um, and now on to our key topic matters with my colleague, Harry. Thanks, Alexandra, and some, some great answers there, Carla. I'm really looking forward to your input on these. Um, firstly, congratulations on your recent promotion to General Manager at Orpheus. How have you found the transition from COO to GM? Well, it's been slow. I'm not sure there's been a big, a big transition. Um, I still do some of those things. But really, my focus is on how we grow in the US. And it felt like a necessary change to make to, you know, make sure that my focus is there and to, I guess, publicly show that my focus is there too. Fantastic. Yeah. So more of a kind of public, public facing kind of it almost. Um, and one thing I definitely wanted to know was, do you think that you have faced any barriers to entry that your male counterparts would not have faced? Possibly. <laughs> and it's hard to always know when things aren't explicit or when things aren't big. I think it is hard to know. One of the stories that I tell is um, a couple of years ago. So I sold the business. I, uh, I worked in the company with the company that bought us. And one of my new colleagues said, oh, OK, you leave early every day to pick your kids up. Must be nice being part time. Um, you know, I worked every evening. I did a lot around those hours. I was in the office earlier than ev almost everybody else. And that comment really annoyed me. And I called him out on it. I complained about it. He apologized. But the feeling was, it's not really that big a deal. Get over it. And then actually, you know, I definitely felt that from there, I was seen as a little bit difficult. And that's really unfair he was the one in the wrong um and I I'm glad I spoke out about it because you know there are other people that weren't in as senior a position as me that wouldn't have maybe felt that they could and I do feel a responsibility given that I have a bit of a platform and I have some seniority to call those things out even when it's uncomfortable and even when they seem small so that one stands out to me as maybe not a barrier as such but like one of those experiences yeah, yeah, very interesting. And and to cover kind of more more on that topic and kind of a, around diversity generally, um, do you think big vendors and individuals within cybersecurity do enough to tackle the lack of diversity in our market and, and, and why? I'm not sure vendors do. I think end teams do. I think vendors do when their clients care about it. What's interesting now is that you're seeing a lot of the VCs and private equity firms ask about your diversity stats on, you know, as part of your pitch deck. They see it as a risk. So that's a really interesting change. And, you know, money drives these decisions, right? But um, I think when you're a vendor, it's relatively easy to stick a load of women in marketing and HR and maybe even sales. Um, and that's partly reflective of where the market is, right? You can't, you can't always hire people that don't exist. But um, I don't see the drive coming from vendors as much as I see it coming from internal security teams. 
Awesome. Fantastic. And then how has the representation of women changed since you started your career? It's definitely improved. I joke that I don't want it to improve too much. I don't want to have to queue for the bathroom. Like that used to be the biggest benefit, right? But like it's it's really changed. It's changed across the board. Uh, I was at an event last week in DC with like, I think two, 300 women in the industry. There's a lot of young women that I see that are studying cyber or something cyber related. Um, maybe government around here is a big driver of that, hiring lots of women into cyber teams because they don't really care. They just have those needs. So there's a definite change. I think the biggest change for me in the last couple of years has been how many men support diversity initiatives and how many men then talk about things. Like I think if you're a if you're a man who, particularly if you're a parent and can talk about, hey, I went to pick my kids up and I dropped them at school today and I need some flexibility. I think that really then makes it safe for everybody to do that. So I've seen some really big positive changes yeah absolutely fantastic and and one thing that i think definitely alexandra and myself have noticed is that you you do a lot of mentoring right you know a great resource to young individuals entering the security sector um what else do you think can be done to to encourage you know people in, and also minorities in into the kind of sector more broadly so many things i could literally, <laughs> I could literally <laughs> just talk to a group for 45 minutes about this uh but Okay, quick things. What images are you using? I haven't used that image of a man in a hoodie in a dark room for five years. If I see it anywhere in anything that we do or anyone that I'm working with, I'm like, take that away. Images matter because it's telling people what, you know, what we are as an industry. So let's not have that be our flagpole image. Um, that makes a difference. Get rid of degrees as one of your requirements. And I get it. For entry-level roles, if you're getting two, 300 applicants, you are looking for ways to rule people out rather than rule them in. But, um, you know, this will vary country to country. White men earn engineering degrees at 11 times the rate of black women. If you are putting degrees into your hiring process, you are just building in discrimination. And beyond that, you're building in economic discrimination. And we know that affects different races differently. So get rid of that. And then think about your culture. Stop making this a recruitment problem. It's not just, hey, recruitment company, go find me a diverse list of candidates. It's actually, well, what do you do with those people once you've got them? How inclusive is your culture and how do you make everybody feel like they can be authentic at work? Um, so three quick takeaways. Yeah, no, those are fantastic and super thought provoking. So it's awesome. Um, it's time to kind of, I'm sure our listeners would love to learn a bit more about you. Um, so kind of, uh, I'd love to kind of know from your side what your perfect weekend looks like. I think it depends on what my week has looked like. This weekend, <laughs> my perfect weekend looks like doing absolutely nothing. Uh, but I've got three boys, so we are often playing soccer. We do soccer between them 11 times a week. So that's that's a lot of soccer. Yeah. Uh, all their activities and then yeah some sort of uh some sort of escape where I can escape bedtime and get out of my house and have some cocktails with some adults is uh, yeah really up there awesome fantastic yeah sounds sounds ideal um and I'm sure Alexandra mentioned something we do also is a quick fire round um no clues here you kind of have to think a bit on your feet um so there's a couple ones here so you ready for that yeah, this is the bit I'm most nervous about, but go for it. <laughs> I'll, 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 be, I'll be kind. Um, <laughs> optimist or realist? Optimist. Follow your head or your heart? 
Oh, head. Space exploration or ocean exploration? Oh, I didn't say that one again. Space exploration or ocean exploration? Space. Absolutely. School of life or academia? I'm academia, but I think there's a place for both. Ambition or talent? Ambition every time. Morning or evening? Morning. Absolutely. And dream country to travel to? Oh, Iceland right now, I think. Oh, definitely. I can definitely agree with that. Um, well, thank you very much. Uh, it's great to get more insight on you. And our guest final question on this podcast is, is always the same. Um, and that is what one piece of advice would you give to someone entering the industry? Build your network. I think literally everything that I've managed to achieve one way or another is because of the network that I've built. Um, and, you know, think about what that means. That doesn't just mean followers and connections. That means, you know, relationships and adding value to other people as well. Like, what can you give back to them? But yeah, build your network 100%. Fantastic. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time, Carla. It was, um, it was really great to hear your thoughts and, and insights. Um, a real pleasure to have you on the show. So yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, please do subscribe and give us a rating. It really helps these stories to be found and enjoyed by more people. For more information about NUCO, we can be found at www.nuco-group.com. That's N-E-U-C-O-group.com.